Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Amen. We're going to be considering tonight the, the gift that God has given to us of the Sabbath day, or as we call it in the, the Christian era, the Lord's Day. Uh, it is a, a privilege that the church uh, is bypassing in, in many respects today. Uh, it's a privilege maybe that some of us are coming fresh to, that we're maybe only uh, beginning increasingly to uh, appreciate what tremendous gift wrapped up beautifully by God is this day that we can uh, spend away from the things which oppress us uh, or dictate to us in other days and be freed up to enjoy God. Uh, The world has done a pretty good hatchet job of of caricaturing the, the Lord's Day or the Sabbath. Uh, there are lots of people, for example, who think that right across the highlands, every uh, children's uh, play park has got the swings chained up with padlocks attached to them. And there's a, a very powerful image uh, around. And of course, that image conveys the idea that, that the Lord's Day is all about oppression and about bondage and confining people and making sure that people are well and truly miserable at least one day in seven. And the response to uh, this by the evangelical church, by and large, has been to to ditch the idea of a Sabbath altogether. Uh, For example, lots of churches these days will only have one service of worship on the Sunday. And in parts of the States, you can go to churches where they'll offer you a, a Friday night service so that you can do what you want over the weekend. The film Chariots of Fire, I'm sure most of us have seen that, and it immortalised the the stand of Eric Liddell, uh, who refused to to run uh, his Olympic uh, heats on the Lord's Day. And he took that stand despite the the vilification that he had in the press, despite the disapproval uh, even of the, the monarch. Uh, The secular world clearly didn't understand him, but at the time the church at large would have appreciated uh, the stand that he took. Uh, Today, how would Eric Little have fared? Uh, Would his stand have caused embarrassment in some parts of the church? Uh, I have a suspicion that it may well have done, because the church has lost uh, its grasp on what the meaning of keeping one day in seven holy is all about. Part of the problem uh, is to understand the fact that Sabbath is still relevant to us. There's a body of opinion that says that the Sabbath day was part of the Jewish ceremonial law. That passed away with the coming of Jesus. Therefore, it's not got anything to do with us. Um, Some people... uh, Usually people who, who have got an agenda for, for using the day for other purposes will, will say, uh, as though they were the first people to notice, in any case, the Sabbath was the Saturday, and uh, we're talking about 
keeping the Sunday uh, as holy. And that, for some, is the end of the argument. There's little point in in us uh, looking at what the, the Word has to say about how we appreciate and enjoy a Sabbath until we're first convinced that the Sabbath is relevant to us. Uh, and so there's two questions that we want to, to, to clear. First of all, we're going to clear the decks by, by addressing them. And then we're going to look at uh, what the, the Sabbath, or the Lord's Day, as I want to call it, the Lord's Day, means for us. The two questions are, was the command to keep the Sabbath day, was it intended to carry on into the Christian era? And then secondly, what's the justification for using Sunday as our Sabbath? Sunday, which is the first and not the seventh day of the week. Well, in answer to the first question, we go straight to Genesis 2, the the verses that we've read. The Sabbath day is what we call a creation ordinance. What do we mean by that? Uh, It means that there's there's a command here which is special because it's located right at the beginning of things. Here is something which God has instructed in, which is at the core of who we are. Uh, it's, a, it's a command that's given before humanity had fallen into sin. It's a command which doesn't really fall away when uh, God's dealings move from Israel to the wider church. Included in these special uh, commands, these creation ordinances are what we could say the, the sanctity of life uh, that's here right at the beginning right at the creation the goodness of work uh, and the relationship between the sexes these are all creation ordinances so we have this command right at the beginning right at the beginning there's a pattern for us about keeping one day in seven special. That's right at the core of our created being. Verse 1 tells us that the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. This was a finished work. There's nothing left to add to the work of creation. And so verse 2 continues, So this, on this, by the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. On the seventh day he rested from all his work. Literally it's stopped working or ceased all the work he'd been doing. Now, there's a sense, of course, in which God has never stopped working. Uh, God is working in that he is, in his work of providence, he is governing everything and he is giving everything, keeping everything in their their properties, their their respective properties, sustaining everything. Jesus said, my father is always working to this very day, And I too must be working. But creation's finished and God is able to pronounce what he's done very good. God is the workman who finishes the job. God does not leave things half done. He doesn't leave them for us to finish up. When Jesus does the work of salvation, when he is on the cross dying for our sins, what's his last cry? It is finished. A finished work. He doesn't require us to fill up what he's done by our good works. We have salvation as a gift from God, a finished work. He paid the debt completely. 
And the emphasis on God stopping or ceasing from work is specifically given to us here as an example for us. The term Sabbath, uh, the Hebrew word uh, Shabbat, has a root that means uh, to cease or rest. Uh, So the Sabbath commands directly come from the idea of God ceasing or resting from what he had been doing. God established the principle here. He made this day special or holy. He set it apart. The specialness of this commandment, the fact that it's, it's different in many ways from other instructions that God's given us, uh, is shown in a couple of ways. Uh, for example, it's the only time that God has said in the creation account to bless a day. God, on day five, blesses the fish and the birds. On day six, blesses humanity. But here he blesses a day. The day is blessed. And then the number of the day, the day that uh, seven, is repeated three times. So it's special uh, because we have it right here at the beginning, at the time of creation. It's integral to what God has made. The designer's instructions are that we take a day out once in seven. But it's not just the fact that it's a creation ordinance that means that it's to continue. It's also a, a law that's embedded in the Ten Commandments. Now, understanding how the Old Testament laws relate to today is sometimes a bit difficult, but quite simply, there are three different kinds of laws in the Old Testament. Uh, there's a group of laws called the ceremonial laws, and they, they were given like visual aids to Israel so that they would understand uh, the, the importance of being different. And so you had laws which spoke about clean and unclean foods and regulations for keeping certain things separate when you were sowing seeds or wearing garments to distinguish uh, sin from righteousness, from being uh, a pagan people, from being the the people of God. And of course, they were always pointed to Jesus and the righteousness that he would bring and the sacrifice that he would provide. And so when Jesus comes, then the need for these visual aids is done away with. So we say that the ceremonial law is fulfilled in Jesus and we don't keep these laws regarding not eating prawns or pork and so on today. And then there, there are other rules that we call uh, the, 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 uh, the civic laws, the, the laws that were given to Israel as a nation because God was dealing just with Israel then and not with the, the, the nations that were brought into the church. And so some of the the laws given to administering Israel as a nation, they are also fulfilled and done away with in Christ. But then there's a a group of laws called the moral law, and we're thinking of the Ten Commandments and laws like that, which continue. Uh, Nobody's really arguing that the Ten Commandments have got no relevance today, because they simply tell us how we please God, how we're to live to please God. Now, The fourth command is, remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. So you have the fourth, the the, the Sabbath 
the keeping law, embedded right in the heart of the Ten Commandments. So unless we're to say that we only have nine commandments today rather than ten, it seems quite clear that we are to keep the Sabbath today also. What about the objection that Sunday is not the Sabbath? Well, it's true, isn't it? The Sabbath was a Saturday. It was the the seventh day, and we are celebrating uh, the Sabbath on the first day of the week, on the Sunday, the Lord's Day. The justification for that is, in the New Testament, you see God's people very quickly realizing that something uh, absolutely new happened with the resurrection of Jesus. The New Testament always uh, shows a, a continuity with the old, but also a newness with the old. With things that happen in the Old Testament, we ask the question, how, does it, how will it continue and in what sense will it become new? Well, the Sabbath was made new by the fact that Jesus was raised in power from the dead on the first day of the week. And what took place then was like a new creation. And his work done, Jesus enters into an eternal rest on behalf of his people. And so Paul can instruct the church of Corinth to put aside their collection money on the first day of the week. Because that's when people gather to worship God, on the first day of the week. And in Acts 20 verse 7, the church gathers together on the first day of the week to break bread, which means to have communion. It was a gathering of worship. And in Revelation 1, John says that he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. The Lord's day becomes a new designation for the day when God's people will come together and worship. So there's a newness to the Sabbath. We still keep it. It's still important. It's still part of God's design. It's still part of how we're made that we need to be renewed on a one in seven cycle. But the day itself has been changed because of the newness of the new covenant. The resurrection of Jesus, the recreation that he's accomplished, means the day is new. And the way that we keep it is now infused with grace rather than the spirit of law. And so because of its newness, I think it's, it's always desirable that we use the term Lord's Day. I know in some uh, contexts, people still like to speak of the Sabbath day and Sabbath school and so on. But I think that uh, it's a New Testament word and it communicates the, the, the newness as well as the continuity with Sabbath under the new covenant. What does observing this one in seven Sabbath, this Lord's Day, mean for us as Christians? It means three things. First of all, it's a blessing, it's a badge, and it's a bridge. Three Bs. It's a blessing, first of all. God blessed the seventh day. God blessed the Sabbath day. Bruce Walkie, one of the, the, the commentators in Genesis, uh, has got a striking uh, phrase. He says, it, that's the Sabbath, is infused with procreative power. Blessing. Keeping the Lord's day is something that we do first and foremost to honour God, but it also uh, 
is something which blesses us and, honor, and others. Uh, think about the Ten Commandments. You, you have the, the first three commandments are specifically uh, God word. They have to do with not having any other gods before him, uh, not making uh, an idol, honouring his name. Then you have the, the Sabbath day, at commandment four, and then you have the, the other commandments on your father and mother and so on, which are to do with our conduct towards other humans. And it's like the Sabbath command is looking in two directions. It's looking at the, the Godward direction, honouring God by keeping his day, but also it's looking at human words. It's looking in that horizontal direction because it's a blessing. As we keep that day, as we honour God on that day, we are blessed and society is blessed as we take a rest from our labour and turn in our focus to God. So, friends, this is a wonderful discovery to make when we first discover it, that we've been given this one day in seven as a gift from God to enjoy, uh, to be blessed in. What a tremendous privilege. There's an interesting rendering of the commandment in Exodus 31, verse 17. Uh, observe the Sabbath. Verse 14, then verse 17. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he finished his work and was refreshed. <laughs> we're using, I mean, we're all, God doesn't get tired. Uh, God doesn't need to go on a holiday. We're using terms which are understandable by humans, but are expressing a deep reality in God. It's a wonderful thought. It's a wonderful uh, expression. On that seventh day, God is refreshed. And I think that the, the picture that we have here is almost of, of, of the Lord God who had pronounced everything good, having finished his work, almost, if we can say it reverently, stepping back and surveying his work and being deeply satisfied with all that he has done heavens and the earth and all their array and the Lord ceased and he was refreshed and that's now uh, in God's goodness spills over to us and we we in turn are refreshed on this day it's his gift to refresh us now I mean, there's an obvious level at which we're refreshed, isn't there? I mean, we, we don't have to, well, some, some of us have to work, uh, but where we have the, 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 the privilege of, of not having to work on the Lord's day, then physically we're refreshed by that. We, we're, we're able to, to physically rest. But there's a much deeper refreshment also that takes place on the Lord's day. We come and we are fed in the word of God. And the, the, the Sunday, the Lord's Day, becomes for us an oasis uh, as we go through the, the desert of the world and we find that our, our spirits dry up like parchment paper and we come uh, in the, the spirit of the psalmist in Psalm 63, hungering and thirsting for the living God. And the, the Sunday comes, the, the Lord's Day, and we... We want to grasp every moment of that day. 
every privilege that God bestows on us to be fed, uh, to, to be where the Spirit of God is in the midst of his people, irrigating our souls so that we are revitalized, renewed inwardly, reinvigorated. Uh, now the, the Sunday, the Lord's Day is the first day of the week. Uh, we're looking out into a week ahead of us, which maybe for some of us has got a lot of challenges ahead. Things that are daunting, that are rising like mountains before us. And on this day, we have met with God in his word. And we've been with his people. And we've been encouraged to be with one another. And we, we have been at the oasis of the Lord's Day. And we go out refreshed into the world again. We're equipped and built up to go on. There's also the blessing of freedom. The idea of freedom, what's attached to this day. We spoke about the, you know, the, the, the caricature of the swings chained up and padlocked. The Sabbath day principle is actually all about breaking chains. It's about giving people freedom. And one of the, one of the places where the, the commandment uh, is, is given and there's an explanation for it, the explanation uh, in Deuteronomy 5 verse 12 doesn't go back to the resting of God in creation, but instead it goes to the exodus and the fact that uh, God freed up his people. Remember, the Lord says, that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. One day in seven, free from labor, is what Christians want for themselves, yes, but for all people. We want it to be a blessing for society. And that's why as Christians, we protest against the exploitation of labor by refusing to buy goods and services that necessitate people to work on a Sunday. That is our legitimate protest. Because there's a commercial machine that if it's left unchecked will simply run people down into the ground. And God, in his word, has designed us for something better. So the Lord's Day isn't about chained up swings, it's about breaking chains. It's about freeing people from exploitation, workaholism, family breakup, ill health. It's about freedom. And it's about the gospel. Remember that powerful phrase of Walkie's? Uh, God has infused this day with procreative power. It's a day uh, for multiplication of blessing. And for adding to the kingdom of God. Uh, Thomas Watson, the Puritan, says we should look on it as a market day for the soul. Wherein we have holy commerce and traffic with God. Multiplying what is good. Uh, on the Sunday especially, the word of God is preached. The, the gospel is proclaimed. Jesus is, is held out as the saviour for sinners. People are encouraged to come 
and to buy without money or without price, to have salvation from their sins. And it's on the Sunday especially when there is this privilege, the privilege of the gospel. So the gospel, the the Sabbath or the Lord's Day is a blessing. And that's why we're told also in the Old Testament to call the Sabbath a delight, to delight in the Sabbath. To know it is a gift from God. It's a blessing. It's also a badge. A badge. What do we mean by that? Well, the Sabbath uh, is a covenant sign for his people. Uh, A covenant is simply the the special relationship that God the King uh, makes with his people. I will be their God and they will be my people. And this is the way you are to live as my people. And God gives covenant signs. He's given us in the church baptism in the Lord's Supper. But he's also given us the Sabbath day. Uh, Exodus 31, 17. uh, It, the Sabbath, will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. Now, again, remember how it goes. We've got continuity with the Old Testament, but also that newness. Old Testament circumcision. New Testament, baptism. Old Testament, Passover. New Testament, Lord's Supper. Old Testament, Sabbath. New Testament, Lord's Day. Continuity in it all. But badges, they are things which make the people of God distinctive. They belong to the covenant people of God. We are people of the Lord's Day. We are people who celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead every day. Sunday, every Lord's Day, we are new creation people. We have entered into the rest of the Son of God. And as a visible sign of that, we keep the Lord's Day. The Lord's Day is a badge for us to wear proudly, to be distinctive in the world. Sadly, uh, many of us in the church do it pretty badly in our day. There's a, a story uh, that uh, the theologian B.B. Uh, Warfield tells of a, a U.S. Army general that was in a, a, a Midwest town at a time when there was uh, rioting and uh, commotion and the streets were being overrun by a mob on a daily basis. And one day this general uh, saw a man walking towards him and there was something about this man which just engaged him. There was something different about the way uh, he bore himself, uh, his calm, his whole demeanour. Uh, the man walked past him in the street. The US general turned around to look back and discovered that this man had done the same. general went over to him and uh, uh, put his finger on his, on his chest and said, what is man's chief end? The other one replied, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. I said, ah, I knew that you were a shorter catechism boy. I knew it by the very way you bore yourself. The other man said, funny, that is exactly what I was thinking about you. Uh, there was something, there was a badge that they wore that showed that they were Christ, a way they bore themselves. Now, Christians who are committed to keeping the Lord's day are recognizable in the same kind of way. There is a distinctiveness about their, their lifestyle and the way they order their lives that points to the fact that they are serving someone. Now, in the world today, our week, doesn't it flow seamlessly, Saturday into Sunday? 
so that if you're going to be serious about keeping the Lord's Day holy, it will be, more than ever, something which marks you out as the Lord's. So here's a, here's a challenge to, to look into our own hearts and, and the way we, we keep this day. Uh, would my friends, would my family know that there was something distinctive about me by the way that I order the Lord's Day, that I seek to unclutter it uh, in order to focus upon uh, worship, uh, sharing fellowship with other Christians, uh, reading Christian books, serving others, and so on. Now, as we said before, there are, there are, there are callings that mean that sometimes we're not able to avail ourselves of the Lord's Day because we have to do these works of necessity and mercy. And we've also be, to be careful that in our keeping of the Lord's Day, we keep it in a way that is informed by grace rather than a spirit of legalism and judgmentalism. Remember, Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. But if we keep it in a way that honours God, we will be keeping it by calling it a delight. And our children will love the Lord's Day. And they will long for the Lord's Day because it's a day of good things. It's a day when they know the enjoyment of God. A day that they prize. And then thirdly, very briefly, it's a bridge. And by that I mean it's a bridge between this world and the next. Because the Sabbath is a reminder that there's a Sabbath rest still ahead for the people of God. Hebrews 4.9, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. We are living in hope. We're living in hope that when these fleeting years of our lives are over, we will enter an eternal rest. And it's not the rest of the couch or the beach, but an active, invigorating, renewing, eternal rest. And Sabbath keeping is a window on that future rest. And when we keep the Lord's Day as it's intended to be, it will be for us a foretaste of heaven. What will heaven be like? Heaven will be where Jesus is. Heaven is where we'll be with him and enjoy his presence and worship him. Heaven will be a community of love and song and praise. And it will be a social place. It will be where the people of God are. It will be an active place where we engage in serving the Lord. It will be a place of peace and joy and harmony. And our Lord's Day is a bridge to that eternal rest. It gives us an insight into it. And so we want to rid our Sundays of the heat of business and worry. And we want to look beyond our concerns for clothes and food and sport and TV and shopping. And we want to spend time with Jesus and his people. Because heaven will be about enjoying Jesus. And if we grudge the time to enjoy Jesus now, how are we going to enjoy heaven then? Sundays are our bridge to heaven. Carving out time to be with the one that you love is 
a vital way of expressing your love for that person. Think, just as we close, think of this. Think of a young couple who are going out. The girl says to the guy, life's so busy. We need to set apart some time to be with one another so that we can grow in our understanding of one another. Prepare ourselves for the day when we're going to be together all of the time. How about we set aside Tuesday evenings as a special time together? And let's agree that we won't let anything crowd it out. And the guy replies, well, you know, it's a nice idea, but it's a bit legalistic. I love you all the time. I love you even when I'm watching football with the guys down in the student union or driving into lectures. You know, my whole life is one of love to you. I don't need to be with you for a whole evening to prove that. And in any case, life's complicated. There's sometimes inter-faculty football on a Tuesday night. Can you imagine how the girl feels? <laughs> any boyfriend worth his salt? will be willing to give up watching football or whatever else cropped up in order to give himself to the girl he loves for one uh, meagre Tuesday evening. Taking time to spend with someone is a way of saying, I love you. You're important to me. Taking a Lord's Day to spend time with Jesus is saying, Jesus, I love you. I want to keep your day as a sign that you're first in my life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that though we as earthly fathers do our best to give good gifts to our children, you as our heavenly father, do so much more. You give wonderful gifts to us and we thank you for the gift of the Lord's Day that you have given. And help us, we pray, to call this day a delight. In Jesus' name we pray.